0: Hello, lovely people, and welcome to another episode of Outnumbered with Kellyanne Hollis. Now, I'm sure you know the drill by now, but if you don't, we have a guest here with us. We're very excited. Jahan Blake, she is the founder and CEO of the J. Blake Group, but I can't tell her story as well as she can, so I'm going to turn it over to her to kind of talk about her past, her journey, and where she is today.
1: Ooh, I mean, I could talk the whole 45 minutes and you guys don't have to ask me anything with that. I have a really long journey, but I'll try to like sum it up in a shorter period of time. So I uh, first started in sports. I've been in sports for 18 years. I first started in sports um, working for the Boston Red Sox. So I was getting, I had finished, I finished, you know, undergrad. Um, I was getting my master's and I tell a lot of people the reason I was getting my master's was Like, it's, I mean, it's great. You should go get your master's. But I honestly was doing it because I didn't want to go to work yet. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, my parents always talk about, you know, education and knowledge is power. So I'm going to rack up some student loans and get my master's. So I moved to Boston uh, and went to Emerson and I was coaching soccer. Um, I was the assistant coach of the Emerson soccer team. And then I was like, okay, all I know is I can't play soccer anymore just because, you know, I'm done with school. I have no more eligibility. I'm not going to play professionally. So what's next? I'm like, I want to work in sports. I don't know how I'm going to make that happen, but I'm going to work for one of these Boston sports teams. Like it's going to come somehow I'm going to make it happen. And then I was watching the news one day and this is before um, Alexa every time I say her name, she goes off. Um, this is before her. And then this is before like, you can check it on your cell phone, right? This was like back in 2002, which does not seem that long ago, but it's a long time ago. And so I'm sitting in my, um, and my computer was away and like powering up your computer was a pain in the butt. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna watch the news real quick, get the weather. And then I'm going to like go out with, um, my boyfriend was waiting for me. And so this person pops on TV and they're talking about this job working for the Red Sox. It's this part-time job. And, um, you know, it's really about connecting with the fans. Don't quit your day job. It doesn't pay well, but like they were selling it. It was almost like, I was like, I want that job. I want to do it for free. And then he was doing, he's in PR. So he did a really good job. And then I saw it. And then afterwards I'm like, huh, I was like, no, never mind. I don't want that job. I I want a full time job where I can. I'm getting my master's. Like I should 100 percent have a full time job. That's what the Red Sox should do. And my uh, boyfriend at the time is like, if you can get any job working for the Red Sox, you take it. And I was like, oh, all right, fine. Like so, you kind of knocked me off my high horse. And uh, I applied. Four thousand people applied for this job. Like it was insane for a part time job. And so that paid like minimum wage. Uh, So three months of interviewing, like literally live in-person working events, like I'm at Family Park doing things. And um, three months later, I got the job along with 25 other people, some who are still my best friends to this day. And that's how I got my first job in baseball. Um, And then I can give you all the in-betweens or you can ask me questions. But after the Red Sox, I was there for about seven years or eight years, I always forget. Two World Series, two World Series rings, which it was an amazing time. Um, I grew to run the very program that I was hired to be in, which is incredible. So I left there um, as a manager of fan service, fan services and entertainment. And then I followed my boss's boss to the Dodgers. Uh, and then after that, the uh, owners, I was there for about a year. The owners got a divorce and uh, the husband fired the wife and then fired every single person that worked for her. Uh, it was the first time my name is ever, probably the first and last time my name will ever be in um, TMZ, right? Because they like listed all the people, all the casualties, basically. There was a long list of us. Uh, so I took it as a badge, badge of honor. And then that's when I found, um, I was looking for my next opportunity. And that's when I learned about what the Cubs were looking for. And so I moved here to Chicago where I still am today um, to work for the Cubs. Did that for five years. Loved it. Uh, What I learned about myself through this whole process is I don't like maintaining programs. Um, I like to create them, fix the problem, make sure they work, evolve them, and then move on. And so... I got sick of moving from team to team. Met my husband in Chicago and I thought, I'm just gonna start my own business and do the same work, the same fan experience work for different teams. Uh, So I started my own consulting business and then I realized I missed helping people and supporting people in their careers and having a team of people and having people come to my office when I'm super busy. and mean, like, I need help. I, like, I don't know how to talk to my boss. I'm like, I will stop what I'm doing. Let's like whiteboard this out and come up with a solution. Uh, so I started taking on coaching clients. Uh, and so now that's become, that's taken over consulting. So that's kind of become my primary business. While I still do consulting, mainly I'm working on with my coaching clients and it happens to be all women. Uh, and I focus on women who work in sports or who are aspiring to work in
0: sports. And you, you have a podcast as well. I forgot
1: about the podcast. Cause I was talking <laughs> so long. I just wanted to stop. <laughs> so I have a podcast as well, a uh, game of her own. And I started it because when I first started my own business, I felt like, gosh, there is just so much. And like, I'm really good at what I do, but building a business is a totally different thing. And so I listened to uh, this one podcast I found, I don't know how I stumbled on it, but I listened to it and I loved it. And it was this woman, she's a business coach and she talks just so she interviews different people who have their own businesses, entrepreneurs, all women. And I was like, this is, it was like gold. I could not believe she was doing this for free. And I was like, I really wish I had this when I was in sports, like throughout my career, this would have been super helpful. And like, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the same thing she does, except for women in sports. And then I just, I said that, and I was still doing consulting at the time. It wasn't a priority. So I put it off for a whole year and then COVID hit. And I was like, if I'm not going to do it, if I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. So I just kind of bought this mic that you see here that people can't see at home. And I I hit the ground running and a year later. So we're on episode 49 comes out tomorrow.
0: Nice. I don't know what episode
1: we're at. I don't either, but
2: I always love when other women in sports kind of have podcasts or have um, outlets for us to share our journey, share our story, because that was kind of the backbone of why Kelly and I wanted to do this as well. Like you said, there's there's not really a lot of information out there. There's no YouTube videos. There's no podcast. And so luckily now being a woman in sports, whether you're playing the sport or working the backup house, there's like a community of us that's really building. And I love it. We're kind of everywhere now. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We all, I see the same faces. It's like, I'm recognizing people never met them a day in my life, but you know, we all interact on social media
1: or going to the same zoom calls. So it's really cool. Yes. There's so many that have popped up and it's amazing. And I hope that everybody like continues to do it. Like once Mm -hmm. the world kind of goes back to normal and things get busy, I hope everyone can still continue to put out those free resources because they're so valuable. Right. And it's good that there's a lot of them right now. I hope they don't go away.
0: Yeah, no, I, um, I totally related like when you said there wasn't something like this when I was kind of starting out in the industry because, I mean, I would agree at COVID you've seen a huge rise in it, but I was talking to my friend the other day and he's like at the organization he works it's in sports but he's like yeah I tell the interns that I work for like check out your podcast and these other podcasts because sometimes organizations don't really provide those resources. To help professionally develop you. So you have to go Mm -hmm. out there and look for it yourself. And they're out there and they're free and they're available if you have the initiative and you Mm
1: -hmm. take it
0: upon yourself to learn more.
1: Yes, totally, totally agree with you. There's so many out there and you just got to do research and find the one that works for you. That's the thing. It doesn't mean that if there's 10 podcasts out there in 10 mentoring groups, like you have to be a part of all of them. Like mm-hmm. the fact that there's so many means you get to pick which one is the right fit for you and which one do you jive with? Obviously mine, but you know, other ones too. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But like, for real, like you got to figure out the right one that works for you.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's so true. I'm actually glad that you said that, because since there are so many, I was one of those people that was like, oh, I want to join them all. I want to be active and all. I want to meet everyone. But as, you know, time dwindled, I found maybe one or two that just really resonate with me and that I continuously, you know, support or I go back to. And so, like you said, you don't have to do everything. And, you know, because you have, Um, wise, you have gladiators, you got the sports sorority, you got a seat at the table, you got literally, there's so many (laughs) Well, of course outnumbered, (laughs) but you know, there's just so many options out there. So just making sure like, you know, all of your options and connecting with it. But I do want to start our discussion because I am actually very, very, very excited because this is something that I have struggled with over the years and it is how to advocate for yourself and how to ask for what you want.
1: Um, mm, yes. All right. So do you want me to jump right in? Or did you have a specific question about it?
2: Yes. Well, let's, I'll let you jump right in. And then I'm sure once you start
1: going, the questions will start flowing and we can kind of go from there. Yes. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, women, you know, and I, I don't know who's listening, but women feel like they're bragging when they're advocating for themselves and they don't they, they hesitate to do it and they think that their work should speak for itself. They shouldn't have to talk about it, but that's not always the reality, right? You're not gonna always, people, everyone's moving so quickly, people don't notice sometimes what's happening, who's doing what, who's responsible for it. So it's really important to advocate for yourself. But what I like to tell people is you wanna advocate for yourself on a daily basis. So it's not just something you do when you're looking for a promotion. It's not something you do when, um, I don't know, you're looking for a, a raise or you just, you see an opportunity that you want. That's not, if you're doing it then, that's your first time, it's, it's too late. You wanna advocate for yourself on a daily basis. So I like to tell people um, one easy, super easy way to do that is um, to establish your weekly top three. So I talk about this one a lot because it's really easy to do. So if, you know, at work, think about the project you're working on in three different wins within that project or projects, right, and every, they could be big or they can be small. Everybody has a win. So think about, so it's Monday morning, you're getting ready for your week, jot down really quickly, you can put it in your phone. Um, just, just put it in your phone and just, okay, what did I do? What did I do really well? tie some metrics to it, maybe if you can, Like that's like level two, like tie some metrics to it. Keep those things mentally prioritized, keep them in your back pocket. Um, and when I like to say it's the cure for small talk. So when um, you're in the office and right, it's kind of weird because we're not, we're virtual right now, but if you're on a zoom call, or you're on a conference call and you have to make small talk hey, how was your weekend? Or what have you been up to? You know, like you always feel caught off guard when someone says that. And then you're like, wait, do you really want to know like how my weekend was? Or what? Like, I went to brunch and it's bottomless mimosas. Like, I don't think they want to know that. Like, what do I talk about? That's when you start to talk, you use your weekly top three. So it can be something super simple. Like, oh, hey, what have you been up to? Oh, I just started um, this new program and I got the metrics back on it. And it's, Uh, it's scoring like out of the park, 95% um, fan satisfaction rate. And so then from there, that just sparks conversation. And so what it does is if you're talking to leadership, it paints the picture of the work that you're doing and the value that you're bringing to the table. Uh, if you're doing it with, you know, a, a colleague or, or a coworker, somebody in a different department, then you start, they start to see ways that they can work with you and work with your department, right? So we always talk about, oh, we everyone operates in silos. No one, does. okay, this is, this will help you. <coughs> this will help people see how they can work with you.
0: No, I, um, I totally relate when you said, you know, women don't really want to advocate for themselves mm-hmm. just because it feels like bragging because that's like me to a T. And you always try and find that balance between being confident yourself, but not coming off as as arrogant. And I remember when I was in grad school, I mean, we had a whole class on kind of male, female perceptions. And women in general tend to be more, not say like soft-spoken, but less to raise their hand, less to like come out and say, oh, I think we should do this and share their ideas. So this is something like I've struggled with and I tend to be a quiet person in general. Funny enough, I'm doing a podcast, but to put my voice out there So is there anything maybe for someone who like doesn't really, isn't used to kind of talking about themselves or talking about the, like the top three that you were mentioning? Is there any type of like exercises or things that you've encouraged people to use to get them to do it in Mm -hmm. a kind of more simple way, I guess?
1: Yeah. You know, what's interesting is, is one, the one thing I do and the one thing I work with my clients on is you have to rip the Band-Aid and do it. So I'm an introvert. And for me, like when I, okay, so the weekly top three, let me give credit where credit's due. Remember the man I told you I saw on TV talking about the Red Sox? That's who gave me that tip. And the reason he gave me that tip was I, you know, I was with him at the Red Sox. I was with him at the Dodgers. And then when I got to the Cubs, I felt like I was at I was at a high a senior level, but I felt like I lost my muscle. And it was always him because he was like, he was great at aligning everyone in the organization to the work that we were doing. So then I was like, oh, I don't, I, I, oh, I had to do that now because it wasn't going to be the boss I was reporting to. So that's the tip he gave me. Now I, when he gave that to me, I was like, oh, I'm an introvert. I like to just get my work thing, my work done. So I, I had a choice. Like I could just abandon that idea and just keep on going because I didn't want to put myself out there and, and talk and use my voice. Um, and do something new or I could get comfortable with being uncomfortable and just go for it right and so that's what I had to do so the first time I did it I was like oh this is actually this is actually working like I was sweating and like nobody knows what you're doing right nobody knows that the way the words that you're saying to them is a strategic move only you know it's not like you go up to somebody and say well would you like to hear my weekly top three like I can tell you what I'm up to like no 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 like this is your own you know thing that you keep to yourself that you just kind of, you use. So it, what I always tell my clients is you have to try it. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, push through the sweat, push through the shaky voice, right? Whatever it is that you get and keep going. I think another thing that is, that has always helped me throughout my entire career is dealing with the self-doubt or the anxiety, the nerves that come along with putting yourself out there. So one thing I always tell people is okay I want you to push through but I also want you to get curious as to why you're feeling that way don't don't ignore it I have a whole episode about living with anxiety like I'm super like it's just it's who I am I can't get rid of it I, it is what it is so you figure out how to live with it and so I tell people don't ignore it because it's going to come back it's going to come back to bite you in the ass and it's not it's not going to be pretty so figure out just in a second and just get curious, like, why am I feeling this way? Like, what what is it that I don't wanna use my voice? What, like, why don't I wanna talk about this? And then figure out like, why? Like, just, okay, now I know, like, why is this? Like, why do I have all these feelings? You have to get super like vulnerable and just like say the things or write the things down. Uh, and then I always tell people, do the, play the exercise. Like, what's the worst that can happen? and just go through it, just write it down. Uh, Because once you start to write it down and give it life, you're like, that's not gonna happen. (laughs) Like, No one's gonna really laugh at me. When has that ever happened before? So you kind of just start to work through it. And then um, you always end it. I like to put good things into the universe. So end it with what's the best that can happen. And that from there kind of gets you that, gets you motivated, makes you feel better. Um, I just did it last week when I had a live interview on TV and I woke up and I was like, oh, why? I was like, I'm nervous. I was like, I hate that I'm always so nervous. And like, like, you know, the nervousness where you're like, I can't do anything else sort of thing. But I, I, I have, this is my business. I have to work. I can't spend three hours waiting for the interview and being nervous. So I was like, let's. Oh, I'm going to use my own exercise. I'm going to give this one a try. And, and I did it. And I was like, ah, oh, I feel so much better. And I was fine until the live interview started. Um, had a little bit of butterflies right before we went on. And then the second I opened my mouth, I was good. So you, there's some things that you have to put into practice and you have to be intentional about them because here's the deal. At the end of the day, if you don't use your voice, if you don't advocate for yourself, nobody else is going to do it for you. It's not, it doesn't work that way. You have to speak up and you just have to, you have to give yourself a shot because you you owe it to yourself. Mm
2: -hmm. And I love that you brought up the word intentional because that's exactly what I was thinking when you mentioned the top three, is it kind of aligns focus with your week. You you have these top three, you're like, okay, this is my goal rather than just like, it's another Monday, it's another week at work. And it's like, Yeah, it is. But on the bright side, these are some really awesome goals that, you know, I have the chance to accomplish. And at the end, they always say, you know, when you are building out your resume or when you are ready to move on to the next opportunity, you know, you're thinking back and you're like, what have I accomplished with this role? What have I actually done? What can I update on my resume? But with these top three, you're building that out every week. So when it is time for you to update your resume, you literally have weeks and weeks of data where you can just simply pull from and you have have like a plethora of information of like you know what I am pretty awesome I did contribute to this job and you can add that to your resume so I absolutely love that because I'm one of those people that's like what have I been doing these last five months in this position like what can I add to my resume outside of you know the typical job description that they had when they
1: originally posted the position. Um first of all I think I'm going to clip that out and put that on my website. Like that was a perfect <laughs> like summary of it. Yes, that's exactly what I always say is like you can look back cuz oh think about like when you do your reviews and you can't think of one thing that you did well. Like, you're like, I don't even know what happened this year. What, like, what did I miss? So that's definitely a huge benefit. It makes it so much easier when you go to ask for that promotion and that raise. Um, it makes it a huge, it makes it so easy when you go to your boss and, you know, he's like, or she is like, uh, I don't like, you haven't been, you know, pulling your own weight. Oh, oh, really? Hold on. Let me get, let me get my list. You know, so you have this you have this book, and what I like to tell people is, as you're working on it, you also and this is something you could do with self doubt, anxiety, um, just your week in general, is always write down some things you things that went well. What you you have your wins, so you know that. But then always end it with, what would you have done differently? So any, I mean, every single time you can do great things, but still think, oh, next time I'm going to do this and you can build upon it. And so you start to, you start to build your own playbook on, on how to operate and how to do things and how to, how to, how you can be successful, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I love that. I mean, cause that's like this past year for me has been a huge, like self-development kind of looking at just learning more about me and trying to understand me. Um, And one thing I always have to remind myself is that growth isn't easy and it's not instant. It's painful. But I think especially when you talked about nervousness, because that's something I've always experienced. I mean, I used to do theater in high school and like go out on stage and this and that. And I still get like nervous when I do podcast episodes and this and that. But like looking back on it, I mean, I now realize I get nervous because I care. I care about what I'm going to say to these people, how they're going to receive me and the content that I put out for our listeners, because I care about what they're going to be listening to. So I think it's important for me, like I've learned to maybe try and take a situation, and when, especially when you look back on it and look at it from a different perspective. And maybe during the moment you saw it as a negative, but looking back, you're like, wow, I really needed to go through that hard time to get to where I am today, to be the person that I am today, to be a better person.
1: Yes. Yes, you totally nailed it. You're excited. That's it. I consider it nervousness. Like, you're just excited. Like it has nothing to do with your ability whatsoever. Like it doesn't make you less than just because you are nervous. Um, you can be confident and nervous at the same time. The news interview that I had to do, I was nervous, but I was super confident that I I know like you everyone listening you guys know your shit like it's okay like so you know it and as soon as it's time like you will have everything you have everything within you that you need in that like in that moment you just have to trust yourself Mm-hmm. That's so true. Because sometimes I'm
2: like, uh, do I really know sports marketing? Like, do I really know the business? And then people outside will ask me questions and I'll just blur it out. And I'm like, oh, girl, you know what? maybe you do know what you're talking about. Like, maybe I do know a little something, something. So that's true. Like. <laughs> You don't realize Mm -hmm. how much you've learned throughout years of working. Like even if it's volunteering or interning, like you're still learning and growing throughout all of those process. You're not starting at phase one. So you have to be really confident in what you're bringing to the table. But we do have another topic that I want to make sure we get to, because we are running um, quick on time. So the next topic is networking. And I know this is really popular for our audience because people are so afraid to ask and they think they're bothering someone. So we really want to tap into how do you kind of get over that anxiety? How do you just go for it? Like you said, rip the band-aid off and how do you be a successful networker? You know, not just commenting on a post on LinkedIn or not just I don't know how people network. Honestly, I don't even know if I know how to successfully network and keep up with someone. (laughs) And so I think this could be a really good
1: conversation. Yes. Uh, So I am the queen of networking. I love it. Like I will talk to anybody. And again, even when I was junior in my career, like even though it was uncomfortable, I loved learning from people. So networking is, it's critical to career growth. Like you, you want to continue, even when you get a job, like you still wanna be networking um, and make sure that you're nurturing your network. So I always uh, tell people careful. Okay, so let's talk about, there's a lot of different types of networking, if you will, but let's talk about the informational interview, right? That's a common one, just getting to meet somebody you don't know, no introductions been made, you haven't met at a conference or anything, but you saw that title and you wanna learn from them right? I, I, I try to do as many informa- informational interviews as I can. Lately, I've been getting a lot. So I try to do them in groups, right? Because I don't, I have a really hard time saying no. Uh, so I like to do that. I find a way to say yes all the time. It's my upbringing. So um, I, I try to do them in groups. So I think it's always, it's great. Like you should reach out to people. It's okay if you're thinking, let me back up. Before you reach out, careful of the story you're telling yourself you are telling yourself, they're going to say, no, they're going to think I'm boring. I don't, this conversation is going to be awkward. If that's what you believe, literally that is good. That's what's going to happen. Like it's just, you can't make up a story because the reality of it is, is you have no idea how they're going to react. So I, I always tell people send it, send the message, send an email, send something on LinkedIn, make it short, get to the point right away. Right, make the ask in that first sentence or two. Ask for what you ask for what you want. Don't please don't do a two paragraph email about who you are. Like don't don't. No one wants to read that. Like it doesn't mean that they don't care about you. They just. We all have a limited amount of time. So if I'm saying yes to reading this email, I'm saying no to doing something else. So if you put it up front, like what you would like, save the fluff for later, if the person wants to scroll or maybe they'll scroll before they talk to you, then that's fine, but get to the point as soon as you can and ask the question, give options for times to meet. Um, And then when you meet, make sure that any information, right, and I feel like this is a given, but. It's still, it happens to me. So I feel like it's happening to everybody, but don't ask questions that you can find the answers to. Use that valuable time that you have to dig deeper into information that you already have been able to gather. So for me, it's like I have a whole episode on my journey. And so you can learn about it and then you can ask, you can dig deeper and ask me questions. And then honestly, that's how you end up getting free advice from me. Like, right? like I'm a career coach, people hire me to do that. But if you're going to dig deeper and we're on the I'll call for 20 minutes, I'm going to give you a nugget or two. Um, if I just have to re like recite the same thing I always say, well, you you kind of miss you missed out. So I actually have a whole episode on my podcast. Um, it's episode number six. I, I don't know how I remember that, but it's episode number six. And it's about how to get somebody to say, somebody who you've never met to say yes to meeting with you. Uh, and so I talk about things like, you know, no response does not be, mean no. So don't give up. I always my personal rule I do three three strikes. Um, well, I shouldn't call them strikes, but I do. If I don't, if I I email them three times and they don't respond, then I just kind of say, you know what, this wasn't meant to be. I do have one person that it's been like five, but I'm gonna get her on that podcast. <laughs> I feel like it's okay with her. But other than that, other people, I just, I just, I move on. And when I was, now I am not emailing um, people to network. It's different reasons. But then when I was doing it, if they didn't respond, then I just, I I moved on after three times.
0: I think my, when I do networking or like when I try to ask for informational interviews, is it a better option to target like during the workday or after the workday in your experience?
1: So everyone, I, I hate to give you the consultant response, but it depends, right? Like, I, it, for me, I do not like working after, I, I don't like taking calls after five o'clock. I definitely like working after five. I have no choice, but like my brain stops working. I just had espresso to meet with you guys because to do this podcast because my otherwise. So it'll be up late tonight. So it's your fault. But I like, I just, I, I know that my brain shuts off at a certain time and I got nothing, right? So I think you, what you do is you just offer, you give sometimes, you say something along the lines of currently my availability are you know here are the here are a few dates so make sure you save that just because it shows that like hey i don't i can't hold these forever like here's what it is as of today and list some options and then give an option in the evening um and if you can give some options during during your lunch hour or what whatever it might be yeah.
0: and then i guess this is kind of going past the network well networking should be more than just the the informational interview yes so mm-hmm. how do you go past that and in- being reminding yourself that is a genuine relationship you're trying to form not just like oh, I'm checking boxes so I can say oh I've reached out I've talked to this person and this person this person it's like well what did you talk about it's like I don't remember I just know I talked to them. so how to build that genuine relationship past you know that first interview
1: so there's another episode of my podcast I don't remember the number but um it was right it was oh it was on New Year's Eve God, i can't remember anything and i remember these things. your brain is amazing <laughs> it's not though i need to remember other things that are important but because everyone can go figure that out but okay so it's on new year's eve uh it's with a former employee of mine and from the cubs and she's like the she's the master networker she has a spreadsheet from college she created a spreadsheet in college to track her networking. She still has it and she follows up with people. So she puts things on, um, anything people talked about, anything they talked about, key information, the name of their dogs, or name of their, you know, their children. Like it's almost like her little CRM that she has there. Um, so I always tell people to do that. And it goes back to what we were talking about before you're not going to love every single like mentoring, all the mentoring groups that Hollis was just talking about. You're not going to love them all. You're going to, you can only love one the most, right? So as you're talking to people you're networking with, pick out the people who you really enjoy talking to. And you really think, this, There's something here, and those are the people that you want to make sure you really nurture because they're going to be the ones that help you in your career. I'm not saying if you talk to somebody and you kind of like, oh, that was fine. I'm never going to talk to them again. No, you should still, you can send them messages, and if you see them in the news, you can send a message or, or comment on things they have on their um, LinkedIn. Right, stay in touch. But those that you feel like you really jive well with, make sure you continue those relationships. Make sure you continue to talk to them and. And I can't tell you exactly what to say, but I can tell you, you want to just keep whatever great conversation you had going, right? There's Maybe there's a few books that you guys both liked or you talked about. Maybe there's a speaker or like I'm, anyone who talks to me knows that I'm gonna talk about or ends up, you know, after the call, they're like, wow, she really likes Brene Brown like I'm going to talk about Brene Brown. Now my new thing is Ted Lasso. So I'm going to talk about Brene Brown and Ted Lasso, hundred percent, it's going to come up. So if you felt like, wow, I want to talk to her more. I want to keep in touch with her. Then that's something like, Hey, did you see the new Ted Lasso season is, you know, starting X date. Right. And like, okay, then three months later, Hey, it's out. And I finished it in the weekend. Did you watch it? What did you think? What, you know, right. Cause there's, I think there's a lot of lessons there and in dealing with difficult people Um, so in, in, in that show. And so like, you can call some of those out. So you gotta make, you gotta find a way to just think like you're talking, how would you talk to a friend, right? Stay within the professional guidelines, but just all of us have friends that we talk to all of the time and it just, we just gotta keep it simple. That's
2: true. And I've noticed one thing is like, you can't force it. Like you said, it is very conversational. There's going to be people, even within this podcast, some guests I've really connected with and like, we still have ongoing conversations. And then others for me, like, you know, we're still great company and there's no like bad energy. I don't want it to be confused or anything, but it's just some people you connect more with and you just keep building out that um, relationship. So just having that understanding as well as to not force it or to not be pushy. Like there was a quote I saw where it said, not everyone is meant to like you because you aren't meant to like everyone. So every person that, you know, you have that informational call with or that you meet or network with, you're probably, you may not like them and that's okay. You don't have to keep up that relationship if you don't want it. Ultimately you're building relationships. You're not just meeting people to check off their name on a box.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. and so you don't want to also be robotic about it, right? You don't want to have a, it's okay to have questions in mind and have a goal of what you hope to gain from this conversation. I always say for informational interviews, it should be, everything should be through the lens of learning. Like that mm-hmm. to me is, is pretty simple, but like when you're asking the questions, don't, Don't look like you're reading from a piece of paper. Don't sound like you're reading from a piece of paper. The way to do that is if you're obviously everything's really virtual um, or on the phone, right? So put some post-its up on your computer. Like just put them on the side. Practice things, saying things for the very first time. Like say them awkwardly to yourself. Record yourself on Zoom and like practice like you're having an interview. Get your friends to practice with you. But you have to put some effort into it if it's something that doesn't come naturally to you
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like it does not it does not come naturally to me but I just got used to it and I kept doing it over and over again and I always I always practiced yes I am the queen of putting
2: sticky notes on my computer so I'm glad you said that guys that is the key it's the
1: key (laughs) yes nobody can see them nobody can see them at all and sometimes I tell people I'm like (laughs) I had sticky notes up like just so I can make sure I I hit everything I wanted to hit like it's okay to show that you're human. Like, it's okay if you're nervous. Like one of my episodes, I interviewed podcast episodes. I interviewed Catherine Tappan and I realized I hadn't done an interview. I took six weeks off from um, recording. And so she was my first one back. The woman is an NBC sports reporter. And I was like, of course, I'm interviewing somebody who interviews people for a living as my first one back. I was like, I was so like mad at myself for not thinking that through, but then also like, well, like you, let's go, you got to do it. And so I told her in the beginning of the interview, I told, I was like, I'm nervous because here's the deal. And she's like, laughed at me. So like, I mean, in a good way, you know what I mean? Like we had a laugh together about it in the interview, I think um, turned out just great. So it's okay to show like that you're human. And if you are nervous talking to somebody, it's okay. One time I told somebody, I was like, feel like I'm talking to sports royalty right now. Like I'm so excited. and <laughs> She was just like, what? It did not land how I thought it would. She kind of laughed at me, but hey, like, but the interview was fine. And I, we had a good time. So you just kind of, kind of show who you are and just don't be afraid to be your authentic self when you're talking to people and know that you're not going to be perfect there's no such thing, like you're not gonna have a perfect conversation.
0: No, I was the worst at that. Like I still remember when we'd first start recording episodes and after we would record, I would just sit there and be like, oh, I should have said this and like just pick it apart. And it made it like not fun for me. Like I didn't wanna do it. And then I remember Hollis and I had to have a conversation We're like, you just kind of take the pressure off. Like people, and we've heard feedback from people where it's like, we don't mind the mistakes. Like it makes you human. It makes it feel like a conversation, it's fine. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Like when you just take the pressure off yourself and that image of perfection, you're just like, cool. I'm just going to talk. And then you end up doing better.
1: (laughs) Yes. See, everyone's rooting for you. And what's funny is it's easy for people to say that to you, but they're harder on themselves. Oh, yeah. So, right. So like, exactly. So it's just like, you have to remember like, Oh my God, you're just human. Like I asked my editor, I'm like, don't take out like all my mistakes. Like when I pause for a long time or I say something like, one time I was like, I lost my train of thought. Like, cause someone said something really, and I was like, I lost my train of thought. She kept that part in cause it was funny. But then she took like, when I was like, well, maybe we'll go this way. And she took that part out. But like the mistakes are the, the like the good, I don't know,
0: it's the good thing.
1: Like, and it's okay. You're gonna make some and some you'll make again and some you'll never make again. That's true.
0: I'll probably make them again. But, you know, that's me. Yes, yes that's what is. makes you you, Kelly. That's what makes yes. the Kelly we love. The awkwardness.
2: <laughs> All of it, yes. <laughs> Oh, gosh, yes. Oh. Well, we are wrapping up. And so the last question that we have for you is just what advice do you have for any individual trying to break into the sports industry?
1: Yeah. So I I've been there. I totally understand, like the gosh that passion. Like you just that's what you want to do. It is your dream career. So the really simple answer is don't give up, right? Don't don't give up. Just keep on pursuing it. Even if people tell you you're crazy, even if people say you should go get a real job, whatever that means. Like sports is a real job. Um, so you have to be persistent you can't let the rejections slow you down or stop you. Just you have to use that as fuel and to keep going. There's a woman who I swear, I keep talking about my podcast, but I interviewed so many great women in sports that I have to share their stories. She said she's a senior vice president now for the Dodgers. She said that she got a rejection letter and she was like, oh, that they sent that to me by mistake. (laughs) <laughs> like, And a month later, she was hired by them. Like she did not let that letter stop her. So you, you just, you cannot let um, the rejections get you down. You have to keep being persistent. And I think when it comes to, we just talked about networking, but networking is key. So you wanna meet, no matter what level you're trying to get in, you know, an organization, uh, you want to make sure you talk to as many people as you can and, and look at networking as sort of planting those seeds. And then you just, you don't know which ones are going to grow, but you have to plant those seeds. And yes, networking is the long game, but I'm telling you it's going to pay off um, in the long run. And then the last question
2: is just, I said that the last time, but this is actually the last question, <laughs> but how can
1: people get in contact with you? Uh, yeah. So you can get in contact with me over Instagram. So I'm at Jahan Blake. Uh, if LinkedIn is more your thing, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn as Johan Blake. Uh, and then I don't know what else I'd be. And, and you guys can't see it, but Hollis is laughing at me. And then um, you can email me, um, jblake at uh or my website. So there's a thousand ways to get in touch with me. I'm around, I love hearing from people.
2: What's your website called? Is it johanblake.com? Yes, that's all. Thank you for asking <laughs> that. It's also johanbleak.com. <laughs>
1: I love how everything is your name it keeps it very simple (laughs) it sure does like it's just you know that's it it's me that's how you get in touch with me
2: (laughs) I love it well thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of your knowledge please get in contact with her she is a career coach I feel like that's something that people don't understand how important it is to have someone guiding you through your career or through the industry and giving you tips. And so please get in contact with her if you do have any questions and thanks so much for listening.
0: See ya. Hi guys. Thanks for having me.